Welcome to the Everyday iRacers podcast. I'm Rob Elliott. And I'm Josh Robinson. This is a podcast where we talk about everything iRacing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Two guys who met on iRacing and we work at our racecraft and we enjoy contributing to the iRacing community. So Rob, let's start this week by talking about the races that we ran during this past week. I ran the IMSA at Silverstone and Mm -hmm. the European Sprint Series at Daytona. And I think we both really enjoyed going back to Silverstone. It's a track we know well. We both kind of, I guess we have implicitly learned it. We just know what's coming next fairly quick around the track. Didn't even have to practice before we jumped into the first race. Yeah, how many uh, races did you do this week at IMSA? You know what? I've only done one. No, I've done two. Got a seventh and a a sixth. And I'll probably do two more before the week's over. Those are good. That's uh, two top tens. I just did one last night it was kind of running out of time a bit for the week and i wanted to get it under my belt you know as you mentioned we both do the imsa series and a couple of seasons ago we decided instead of just doing races all hodgepodge uh, that we would focus on a particular series and i found that it made me focus on a track focus on my racing for that track all week long my racing skills improved my ir ended up going up it was just a little more focused and a little more purposeful my racing when I was doing a whole series. Yeah. And, and something, so we, we both landed in division five, which is determined by your, your I rating at the end of the season. And, and the interesting thing is you see a lot of the same cast of characters week yep. in and week out and you see their names on the standings because you and I are participating almost every week. The other folks that are participating every week tend to show up in our races. So there's some heroes or some villains, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it kind of gives you a bit of a rivalry, right? Whether it's a good natured rivalry, or maybe there's someone that cut you off last time. And you got to you know, go easy and not get too worked up about it. Yeah. And then the second race or series that I participated in was the European Sprint Series. And I did not have a very good race. You know, this was Friday night and I got into it. It was at Daytona. So I was pretty excited to get to do a little uh, Daytona testing because we're doing the 24 of Daytona in a week's time. So Friday night, and I got into like a mid-split. It's kind of above my pay grade kind of split. And the first couple of laps, I was sixth position, and I felt like I was faster than the guys in front of me. I made a bit of a mistake in the bus stop, and a guy took a run on me. But I slowly drifted up on him as he was coming up behind me to sort of protect my line. And he caught my back quarter panel, spun me out, spun us sort of both out. I guess I probably wrecked his race. It was just a dumb move on my part. I ruined my race early. Could have been a great one. And I reflected upon it, kind of ate at me overnight. It was a bit of a process, but I tracked the guy's iRacing number down and sent him an email through the iRacing service to say, hey, that race last night, you know, sorry, man, my fault. I'll try and do a better job. But that was my European Sprint Series race. And it's interesting. You, I, I can tell you, you were in a strength of field uh, 1764. I have a, an app. It's called iSchedule. And it's amazing. It's it's uh, $3. Yeah. It's on the iOS store. And it's also on the Android store. It's the best $3 you'll spend towards iRacing. There's just been a, a big revision. It's been completely rewritten. The developer put a ton of time into it. I was actually looking on the forums. He spent about a year kind of rebuilding the app from the ground up. It looks beautiful. It has dark and light theme, all the sort of the modern look and feel that you expect. And uh, yeah, and so I can look up all kinds of things about myself, but I can look up anyone else on the service. So You troll you. I know, he's going to add a friends <laughs> list. But in the meantime, 
I know that you're Robert Elliott II. So I, I pulled am. up. I see your last 10 races, 1764. So as you said, you got into a high split and ended in tears on lap four. Oh. Lap two, though, you had a really good lap, a full load of fuel. You had a 141.9, which may not mean anything to anyone who's not racing Daytona at the moment. But I'll just tell you, that's a really fast lap. And I can see uh, yeah, lap three was okay. Good, good. And then lap four, you were off track. Trouble. You had a black flag at car contact, lost control. You uh, towed. You're in the pits. Okay. Does so, the thing tell you good news too? Your uh, app tell you good news too? It does a good, yeah. yeah. Well, if you call nine championship points, good news. I see that. Uh, so you told me about that app earlier in the week and I've downloaded it, but I haven't been playing around with it. Yeah. So I, I recommend that you take the time to understand what's there, make it a little bit of a habit. And for the folks that are listening and, and maybe you, since you haven't had the chance to play with it, you know, I'll give a mini review here. You set it up, you have to get your member ID, which you also had to get for VRS or trading paints. And once you're in, ironically, you can get anybody's member ID very easily. It's not a, a secret information or anything like that. So you can you can find that. It just um, makes it easier. Yeah. Would it help to send a, a note to the, the guy that you were looking for? Because it was a bit um, of a pain to do that. So you can look at your profile and see all kinds of interesting statistics, how many laps you've run, you know, how many polls or wins or your average start position, all, all those good things. You can see your last 10 races, your position, strength of field, how many incidents, championship points. And you can click on it and see every single driver that was in that race with you. You can see all the other splits, right? So it's just, you can tell there's just a lot of detail. Other things that are interesting, you can look at uh, series, you can see the the individual series standings. Uh, you can favorite your different series that you are keeping an eye on. You can see upcoming races. News is all in here that comes directly from iRacing. If you're participating in a league, all of that will be in here. Your content. If you want to see which cars and tracks you own, all of that is synced from iRacing. And I can even set reminders. So I was thinking of running a race tomorrow morning. I put a reminder in here 15 minutes before the race. It's going to just on my phone, whatever I'm doing, it'll pop up and say, hey, remember that race is in 15 minutes. So a lot of convenient functionality in a very polished package, just beautiful to look at. And if, you, if you've looked at it before, revisit it. If you haven't looked at it, go out and get it right now. Don't hesitate. So I'm looking forward to the series results that show up on it because you know I'm focused on that and you have to dig deep on their old website to find that information. So it sounds like the app has sort of the standard info you're going to find on the regular iRacing service, plus all this other stuff that was on the other part of the service. Absolutely. And I can tell you just at a moment's notice, Division 5, IMSA, right now, you're in 26th place. Uh, I'm in 40th. Yeah. Nice. So that's 26 in the world out of, oh, I don't know. Let's, let's see. We can tell you exactly out of 742. So you're 26, I'm 40th out of 742 IMSA GTE drivers in Division 5. So that's just so you know, that's 26 in the universe. In the known universe, <laughs> correct. Okay. The races for the week coming up, we've got IMSA is going to be at Daytona. That's very convenient. European Sprint Series at the Nürburgring Grand Prix. In yeah, I think I probably am going to pass on that. I'm intrigued. I'd like to learn that track. I, this is probably not the right week for me to spend time there. Yeah, I agree. Pass. BRS, Oren Park. I don't think I own Oren Park, or if I do, I'll be pleasantly surprised to find out. Yeah, pass. Skippy's at Zolder, F3 at Zolder, Baby Imsa at Twin Ring. Um, I spent time at Twin Ring a couple weeks ago with Imsa. I like the track. I, I, I don't think I'm going to go there in the GT4s, Baby Imsa, we call it, this week. You know, this whole week is going to be focused on Daytona. And 
you know, we're lucky that this week's IMSA series is at Daytona. And I bet you if you log on to the service to go into an IMSA race this week, you're going to see an awful lot of people registered for the races. I think so. It's going to be a lot of splits, you know, full. Yeah, yep. it's going to be very splitty. <laughs> <laughs> very splitty week in, in uh, IMSA Daytona. But uh, yeah, there's going to be lots of practice there. For myself personally, I have a lot to do to get myself ready for the 24 hour for the actual driving part of it. But on top of all that, you and I have a podcast to do. We've got fancy endurance spreadsheets to figure out, stints to plan out, checklists to go over, coordinate everything with the team, put together a car livery figure out how we're going to stream our race on Twitch so that family members can watch it as we go along. There's a lot to do this week. So I think that my racing is going to be at Daytona and that's about it. Well, and Rob, I'm curious. So how many people have you told outside of family that, you know, that you're doing a 24 hour sim race? Oh, I don't know. Handful. Yeah. I've told a handful, you know, I don't want to say you get funny looks, but you kind of, you're having to explain it, you know, because it, it's interesting. People are like, oh, okay. They have a lot of respect for the fact that you're doing a 24-hour race, but they're, they're kind of unclear on what it involves. But it's, it is hard to convey to someone exactly what it involves who's not a sim racer at all. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's, you need to have a bit of seat time and experience the sensation of you know, driving in, in the simulator. It's pretty cool. But, you know, the endurance racing is a little bit different because there's an added responsibility. You're not just going out like in a regular race. And if you crash, you crash, your race is over and, you know, push a button and you leave the race. You know, if I crash, then I've kind of wrecked everything that you've put into getting ready for this Daytona race this week. Yeah. So in our case, there's five of us on the team. You know, if in the first two or three hours of the race, you know, maybe I put it into the wall, that's not going to be great everyone will be cool about it and understand knock on wood <laughs> but it's good yeah it's gonna hang over my head if i do that right so no one no one wants to be the the person you know that catches a wheel and spins off into a wall and you know nope nobody it. wants to be that person nobody wants to be the person who didn't properly map their pit limiter and gets the the drive-through penalty you know yeah there are so many things that can go sideways so there's that added pressure of working with a team and being responsible for your team members as well. That's a big element of it. You know, you're practicing together and there's all the technical stuff too. And I are Excel spreadsheets to tinker with and Photoshopping stuff to tinker with. There's lots of stuff to get everything all ready and, and nice for the race. What are we, what are we going to predict? We've got some fast guys on the team. Mm-hmm. I may not be one of the fastest guys, but uh, hopefully I'll hold up my end of the bargain. But what are we thinking? There's going to be what? Probably, is it 40? 55. 55. 55. In our, in our split. Our cars. We aiming for top 10? We aiming higher than that? We Podium. Okay. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. I don't see why not. Yeah, we've got a couple yeah. of fast Aussies on our team. We can for go to sure. sleep, get up in the morning. We're going to be in first place. Well, that's the beauty of it. We, we're going to, you know, everyone's going to be excited and watch the start of the race in their time zone. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to turn it over to to our friends from down under. They're going to, I mean, they're two, you're certainly fast. They're certainly fast, right? I think we're going to be in a really good spot when we wake up and kind of take over while they go to bed. It's really, it's interesting that we've kind of built this uh, global team for the endurance race. Interesting, interesting, fun, a lot of work, but that's why I'm going to be just driving at Daytona this week. Well, great. So one other thing, thing about Daytona, you know, prepping everything, I, I race with gloves and I was looking at potentially picking up some new gloves. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to probably keep what I have. I've been racing with fingerless mountain biking gloves, which sounds odd to say out loud 
and I certainly wouldn't be seen outside of the sim rig unless I was on a mountain bike. But they work really well for this. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of folks use carding gloves. I don't wear any gloves. So I, I'm more than curious to have this glove story. I don't really know the glove scenario. Well, you know, I've got the direct drive wheelbase and like rubber grips on the wheel that, that I'm holding onto. And it was definitely kind of wearing out, you know, parts of my hand. And so I, I said, ah, I don't know what gloves to wear. And I grabbed these out of my shelf where I near my mountain bike and felt weird at first, but now I can't imagine racing without them. And I have noticed that some of the folks in the community are carding gloves are common, like David Sampson of, of the Samsoid community. He uses the, uh, the Alpen stars. I think it's like the one K tech racing gloves. Are those the orange ones? Yeah. He's got those bright orange ones, which, you know, he loves, he, he's kind of said that he couldn't go back to racing without gloves. I think Tony Kanaan, you know, Indy 500 winner Tony Kanaan was the one that recommended he start using gloves, if I remember the story correctly. And the one thing with the gloves that he uses, they come up over the spot where you would have a watch. And yep. I kind of just depend on my watch just to glance down and see uh, what time it is and what race I'm going to join next or, you know, that kind of thing. Get my bearings. So I want to try to find something that doesn't cover, cover my watch. I don't know if that's asking too much. Well, I was watching a video of David Sampson's the other day, and I noticed that he was wearing these gloves. And I look at it, well, like, how do you push buttons and stuff? You know, because they look to me that they're, they're pretty big and clunky. But that's one side of it. The other side of it, though, is I have uh, a new wheelbase that is way more powerful than my old G29. We talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. But my hands and wrists are taking <laughs> taking a bit of a beating. I don't know yeah. if I'm just holding off on uh, putting on like work gloves or biking gloves or something just out of pride or something. But you know, I wonder about the pushing the buttons and so on. Uh, yeah. And again, fingerless gloves are not the by any shot the coolest thing in the world, but it really does kind of give you that that tactile feel of being able to press buttons. I, I wonder the same about getting like carding gloves. It's interesting. I think a lot of the seams are on the outside of those gloves so that you, you know, you don't feel it on your fingers and stuff. Oh, but yeah. I do wonder about that. And that's why I'm partly why I'm holding off uh, is, you know, will you still be able to feel the buttons and the knobs and different things on your wheel? Yeah. So for so. Daytona this coming week, you're going to, I'm going to stay with what I've got. If, if there was a place I could go try some gloves on, then maybe I would switch, but I'll stay with what I'm used to for now. But, you know, to be continued, maybe at some point in the coming weeks, I'll have some new gloves. And we can talk talk about that for a minute. We'll see. I mean, for those that do not wear gloves, a gloved person is saying, oh, you must wear gloves. I mean, do you get better? <laughs> do you get better grip? Is it your hands are all sweaty from adrenaline and you're a little bit slippery, but with gloves, you have more grip? Or is it that you're just not getting giant calluses on your hands? Yeah, it's just it, yeah. for me, it comes down to basically calluses on your hands and, and kind of wearing out your wheel a little bit. You know, I also play drums and if I haven't played drums in a while and I grab a pair of drumsticks and play for an hour or two, yeah. you're going to have the same kind of calluses or blisters or, you know, whatever the case on your hands. So yeah, so it's, it's partly that. I hear it keeps your, your steering wheels cleaner too. I think so. Like mine's, mine's rubber, but some have uh, Alcantara and yeah, I I do. they don't want to wear that out. Yep. So they do say it, it, it's a good thing if you have Alcantara to wear gloves. So maybe that's something you look into, Rob. Yep, maybe. Maybe I'll grab some mountain biking gloves to give it a <laughs> some shot. Some fingerless mountain biking gloves, yeah. I'm sure. I think I'll stick with what I've got, though, for Daytona. Yeah. I don't need to throw anything else new into the mix. Five days, not the right time to exactly. you know, go out on a, a limb. So last week, we were talking about monitors and FPS, and I kind of pushed it off to this week. I said that I started with one monitor from my office, 60 hertz, so meant 50 FPS frames per second maximum. This is stuff I had no idea 
what it even meant six months ago. And then I upgraded from my single office monitor to 165 hertz triples. So for me, that move was, I mean, it was a beautiful experience going from the 60 hertz to the 165s. It's really the refresh rate of my monitor, which really made the biggest difference. Yeah, it does. It's, it's just that much smoother. There are actually a couple of videos out there. I don't know. They're not targeted at sim racing, but targeted at gaming because there's this trend in gaming to have higher refresh rates and you get a better video card. Or, or in your case, we spent an evening overclocking your video card and your, and your CPU. And we bumped you from what, 80, 90 to, you know, like 120, 125, sometimes 130. Yeah, Yeah. significant, right? And that was just what, probably an hour and a half of our time to to kind of bump your your frames per second. And I've got like a 1060 card, whatever that is, a GTX 1060 or whatever, but I'm in a 10 series. Are you in a 20 series? So, yeah, I've got the uh, 2080 Super. Yeah, and I've kind of been eyeing, you know, the 3080, impossible to buy right now. Yeah. But the interesting thing right now with PC, gaming PC equipment or sim racing gear is that if you did want to upgrade, this is actually a pretty good time to do it because a lot of us would sell our old equipment to, you know, to kind of offset the cost of the new stuff. And whether it's a steering wheel or, you know, whatever the case, a GPU, you can almost get the full value, just put it out there on eBay or some kind of marketplace or something like that. I've done that with a lot of gear and put it toward the new one. So not a bad time to upgrade if you can get a hold of some new equipment. What do you but, have for monitors? Uh, so I'm running same same as you, 165 hertz triples, running at 1080p, which seems to be a common you know in sim racing 1080p. You know everyone's saying 4K, but but 1080p is great for sim racing because you can get that high FPS. Yeah. I think one thing that that I've got in these monitors that I really made a, a point to uh, get when I purchased them is HDR. I have a couple of TVs mm-hmm. in the house. You know you can watch Netflix in in HDR, and it just it really makes a difference in a couple areas. The the lighting, you know, everything can be brighter. There's a better contrast and then the other thing is there's a broader color spectrum and a lot of folks when they look at you know iRacing they talk about the yellowish tint yep. but when I switched from non-HDR to HDR the yellowish tint just completely went away and everything just looks natural uh, a couple of months ago you and I were playing around with shaders right it was this software you download and it allow you to change the colors of your iRacing screen and stuff and it really made the the colors pop I ended up sort of removing it from my computer and going back to the way it was. But nevertheless, were you you were not using HDR when you were using shaders or were you using both? Well, I was. And it turns out that there's a bug in Windows and the NVIDIA drivers that if you run in full screen mode, HDR doesn't work correctly. Uh-huh. So I had HDR enabled. I was like, oh, this is great. This is HDR. Okay. I then switched to windowed borderless so I could run an overlay race labs so I could see all kinds of you know information yep. while I'm driving. And I'm sure many of our listeners are, are using race lab. But as soon as I switched, I was like, this looks incredible. This looks completely different. So I kind of did my homework and it turns out even though I had it enabled, it wasn't working in, in full screen. I don't know if that, uh, so it's not unique to me. I don't know if that's everybody. So that was, a, that was an exciting day, right? You're staring at this screen it. thinking it's the best it can be. Find out you were missing out on something that could be a lot better. And you know, one thing I think you've heard me talk about or, or some, of, some of our buddies that we race with, especially in the early morning, when you're driving into the sun at sunrise. I mean, it's literally like driving into the sun if you're in rush hour traffic. Oh, I've heard about it, Josh. 
I guess I'm kind of obnoxious about it. <laughs> well, just the other night, we were racing with Michael too, and he has an HDR monitor as well. So we're driving around and all I heard for a couple of laps was, oh, the sunrise. Oh, it's so bright. Oh, I can't see. I think we literally just rebooted the conversation like four times yeah. over four laps and just kept yeah. just high-fiving each other how cool the sun is. Yeah, it's an HDR um, love affair. That's what that is. Yeah, we're, we're obsessed. Any, anyone well, that has HDR just loves it. I wish I had HDR too. Well, I didn't know anything about it when I bought my monitors, sure. but like everything else, you know, you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere. I'm pretty fortunate to have what I have and I'll yep. stick with this for the time being, but it sure sounds like it's, it's pretty good. There's always an area to upgrade, whether yeah. it's the same gear, whether it's the PC, you know, so yeah. Yep. If you'd enjoyed the show, we would love it if you'd hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can go to anchor.fm slash everydayiracers, all one word. And you can leave us a voice message and tell us what you think. See you on the track. <laughs>